ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, Educating Your Children in a Trans Nation. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Come on, get on that best behavior. Yes, especially going down the road in a trans am. Yeah, Pontiac. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, once again, uh, fantastic. Excellent. And, and it, is, like it, it is getting better. We won't talk about, uh, you know, hours before, but uh, now, yeah. Well, that, yeah, we're, 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 good. We are good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I am behaving uh, now. Yes. Yeah, you like the way I said that, didn't you? Y- yes. Yeah, I'm now like as if, uh, okay, yeah, we won't talk about what I might not have been behaving. Anyway, uh, welcome to all of you <laughs> truth seekers and rock tumblers out there to another episode of The Undiluted Truth. And yes, uh, sad that we have to even have an episode of that, educating your children in a trans nation. Yeah. 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 It, um, but uh, we are glad you're here with us on this uh, platform. And uh, to those of you that have not uh, uh, listened in, I should say, uh, prior to now, if you're first-timers, uh, hey, you can find us uh, on your favorite platform or media outlet, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever yours might be. Or you could just go to Google and type in uh, The Undiluted Truth, and it will give you pretty much any and everywhere you want to go with that. So you might want to include podcast, but yes. Yes, that's right. Just The Undiluted Truth podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good call. That will get you uh, to us. And yes, we are uh, downloaded in 40-plus or 40-ish countries. Uh and a variety of episodes that we have, and this is on, on the one we're having today, is this theme here is more than likely going to be wrapping this particular one up. And this particular episode is coming to you via Epic Times and Epic TV with Jan mm-hmm. Yagelik and uh, Dr. Miriam Grissom yeah. and this interview. Yeah. Great work done. I love uh, American Thought Leaders, which is a, a a show that is on Epic TV. So you, you know you could just type in Epic Times, uh, Epic TV, and go and see the, the a great news outlet. There's not many outlets that we use, and they are a just a bevy of of information. Good solid place, and uh, not to leave out probably our second or I, I don't know. If we even have them rated one and two, but right, the yeah. highwire dot com is another excellent place to get information. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I think uh, we are without any further delay. We're going to get right into this. 
Uh, and, you know, for those that didn't catch the first part of it, please go back and, and listen to the first part of this interview. But we're, we're at a point now that I believe Dr. Grissom is talking about how to, uh, of those that have children or friends that are falling prey to this topic, uh, is what to do and how you can educate them and, and help with their awareness as youngsters. So All right. we, we ready over there, Ben? Ready. Okay. And here we go. So what I want parents to know is that there's so much that they can do when their kids are still young. And I'll just go through a few of these things. I mean, there's a lot more in the book. But first of all, they can begin to expose their child to these biological truths of, for example, you have a daughter, let's say. You want your daughter to know that she was a girl from the very moment that she was created, the very moment that she was formed on this earth, she was a girl. And from that moment forward, she will always be a girl. Uh, there's no assigning, there's no assigning that's going on in the delivery room. Uh, and the reason I want even little kids to be hearing this from their parents, I want their parents to reach them first. So that when the child later on, either at school or even in preschool, you know, there's a whole library of books now for preschool kids that um, push this in a, a very aggressive way. I'm, I'm going to pause it real quick because I don't know if she's going to mention it. She's, th- she's thrown these books up on the screen. I'm just going to read the titles just to give our audience an idea of, of, of the titles of these books. For these are children. The Gender Wheel mm. is, is, is the title, a story about bodies and gender for everybody. The Pronoun Book, a book about pronouns. What are your words? Sex is a Funny Word, a book about bodies, feelings, and you. It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. These are actually books in the... Covers have little kids and sort of animated pictures on them. So I, I, I just had to wow. read that to give you an idea of, of the books that are going out into the public schools for your children to study, nice. if, if you will. So yeah. uh, do you need to be involved with your children? Mm. Do I, that's a rhetorical question. I would hope so. Yes, absolutely. Uh, here we go. We'll continue on. So if your daughter, let's say, has already knows well, has heard this many times from you, that she was a girl from the moment of her her first moment of her existence. And that's true, of course, for everybody, boys and girls. When she's first exposed to that phrase, assigned at birth, you know, assigned female at birth, AFAB is what they're calling it, AFAB, you know, or or assigned male at birth, your child is going to say, no, 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 that's not right. No, no, that, that... no, I wasn't assigned. I was. I was always a girl, and I always will be a girl. Amen. So you see, you're already in such a little way, but you're giving her already some ways of being a critical thinker. So when she hears these things, it won't sound right to her. And so maybe the rest of it won't sound right either. And you want to keep on, there's many, many, you know, you want to explain to your child, for example, that, 
we all have in each cell, you know, the, the, what DNA, you, it doesn't have to be sophisticated. You can just say it's like the, um, the control center. Like a computer has a program, right? It mm -hmm. has a certain programming. If there's some little hitch in that program, if someone, the programmer made some little mistake there, that's going to be a big issue. So our DNA has, is that programming. I want kids to understand that every part of their system, their heart and their lungs, and certainly their brain, is all impacted by whether they have two X's or an XY. And we have to honor that the same way that we honor other things in the world, in biology and biological systems. And the other thing that's important to tell girls and boys from an early age, and the parents also have to absorb this idea and really believe it, is that there's many different ways of being a boy and a man, a girl and a woman. We are all a mosaic of masculinity and femininity. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes the most masculine, football playing, tough guy, father has a really feminine son. You want to understand that there are all kinds of ways of being a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. And you do not want to give your child um, negative feedback about being the way that they might be. And then, of course, the child themselves you want the child to not feel badly about perhaps being a little bit different than the stereotypical, you know, group of boys in their class that's all, you know, talking about whatever, cars or tr whatever it is. I mean, I hate <laughs> these stereotypes, right? We all hate the stereotypes. But part of this ideology, part of why it's just awful is that it forces the stereotypes into the discussion. But bottom line is one of the other things that parents can do is plant seeds in the child's head that there are different ways of being men and women and that we never want to harm our bodies in any way in order to uh, appear more male or female. I mean... Exactly. The, the perfect example there as far as the trucks and that sort of thing, that kind of... Right. You know, I was thinking about Tim Allen. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Right. You know, uh, With home improvement. Home improvement. So, I mean, that would be the manly land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> notice that she said that, uh, you know, a, a, a tough, strong, you know, maybe rough, tough, you know, uh, football player type could have a feminine son. She yeah. didn't say gay. Right. There's nothing wrong with having feminine, you know, if you're rough, tough, uh, you know, uh, feminine attributes. Right. So uh, I, I thought that was very important. It doesn't mean that, you know, hey, you're going to accept homosexuality. That's not what she's saying at all. You can have feminine attributes. Right. Meaning, and you could just think of all the, you know, all of the other attributes that come with that. And probably right off the top would be, well, the opposite of Tim Allen would, you know, would be, yeah. well, I don't like trucks and I don't like this and I don't like digging into car motors and, you know, working in a wood shop and that sort of thing. And yeah. I don't like sports, you know, so maybe I like chess. I like to play chess. I like to read books, you know, 
whatever. I like to, you know, I like to uh, um, style hair, uh, cut hair, whatever. I mean, you know, it's okay. Maybe you want to be a barber. I mean, right. but yeah. it's, you know, I, I just wanted to bring that distinction to the forefront. She, you know, she said that don't think that she meant, you know, yeah, homosexuality and, and that can be feminine. Mm-hmm. And, right. and but but Mike, um, most of the community, the the majority of the community, there's a census that that this is this is acceptable. So clearly, it, it's right. You mean clearly that it's right that he could be gay, or he is he's automatically gay. Just based that, on that those the attributes, whole, that the whole trans issue oh. is is the correct well, way sure, to go. Well, sure, if you're it's, just it's the right you, thing yeah, to do. Yeah, if you find twenty five people and and your yeah. your study is only thirty and twenty five of them, you got a consensus. Yeah, That's little, right. Little, so, yeah, yeah it, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and guys, don't listen to that. That was just a little. Uh, <laughs> Um, banter there, a little um, banter and and, and little sarc. Uh, well, a lot of sarcasm. A lot of sarcasm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So when you hear, and I'm I'm hearing that word being used more and more. By the way, so that's another key word. If you hear uh, anybody wanting to to get a consensus on something, or you mm-hmm. see that in you know the description in words a consensus about anything, for the most part that wouldn't be you know if it's done correctly a consensus would be finding. Accurate results, but, right? But for yeah. them, consensus could be anything. You could, it could be, you know, a higher number of people that, that say, "Well, you know, the world really is flat." Okay, well, it is flat. You know, that might even be more debatable. Or let's just say, hey, the you know, water's not wet. You know, right. we've got a consensus. You know, yeah, and and they would they would run with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and somehow explain it away. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> help, help us all, Ben. Let's get back. Let's get back all to right. this. Here we go. I mean, we can dress how we want, and we can have whatever haircut we want. All that is fine. We do not want to play around with medicines and surgeries that are that that are invasive and that that aren't that are not good for us. Now, Jan, I do want to add at this point, and maybe I should have said it earlier. There are extremely rare individuals for whom. Uh, living life as the opposite sex and going through these, these medical procedures may indeed be the right thing. And there are individuals that claim that it was life-saving for them to, to, uh, to have the surgeries and the cross-sex hormones and that they can't imagine life without it. The thing is that we do not have any evidence that these are the majority of people who go through medicalization nor do we have any way of predicting beforehand who is going to end up being content. And okay, real quick. So she's saying we, yes. don't, we don't have a consensus that it is a good thing. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Right? So yeah. They, they, using the word consensus is majority number. It is rare that someone says that saved my life to change your gender. Yeah. I would I would debate that 
And, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak out of both sides of my mouth. I would you know I would say what's more important to save your mortal life or lose your eternal life. You know, um, I I don't think it's ever the right idea. I think it's major deception and major maybe mental illness. But and if that's the case. That's really a special case. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, where I sit, sometimes, you know, I mean, that would be like, you know, this man said if it wasn't for heroin, I, I would have killed myself. I, I still have to have it every day, or I still have to have my two drinks a day. Well, is that a good idea? It saved my life. I, I, I you know... I'm just saying that there are things that we, you, you need to do. And being a, a Christian that believes in a higher power, one that is all-knowing and has all power, right? then you lean on that power yeah. to overcome anything. And the Word of God says that he will not put anything on you that you can't handle. Right. I, you know, so I'm just going to slightly disagree with that. She made the statement, and, and I think, I don't know that she's well, she comes right out to endorse it. She just says yeah. that there have been some that claim this. And, yeah, that's a fact. That's just a fact. Yeah, and I forget where I heard it, um, but I had um, heard, it's been many years now, and I forget where I heard it, but I believe that I, I heard that in extremely rare cases, there has been, I think, a couple um, examples of somebody born with the wrong parts. And so their mental, they are this biologically and mentally, but they have the wrong parts. So in those extremely rare cases, maybe that might be, quote, acceptable so to speak yeah but that but uh, like i said that's extremely rare cases from what i had heard but that's it is not the norm it is not yeah but that's extremely that's extremely extremely rare right but that individual wouldn't say that saved my life because they wouldn't know they would they would have made that change when they were itty bitty little if they were born without the parts unless they went so far and then switched Right, you know because they they grew up mentally thinking that right. I'm attracted to because their brain is this, yeah. but they got the wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they got the wrong right. In the development, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so have we thoroughly confused the audience by Probably. Now? Yes. Probably. And is this a confusing, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're living in a trans nation, so the whole topic can be a little confusing. And we're yes. trying our best to, try, to to. We're really trying to keep it keep it. It's, yes. it's a complex, but we're trying to keep it simple. Yes, don't lose us in translation, please. Yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah. All right, back to the doctor. And who is not? Kids are on the internet a lot, and that's only seems to be increasing despite more and more evidence of how addictive some of these programs are. Um, that, that they're using the apps and everything else, um, how uh, compelling some of the content is, 
um, with the some, in some of the pit parents essays we discussed you know prevalence of pornography and how addictive that can be and how that can kind of get them thinking about these uh, you know about their identities so what about if you're a parent today how, what is your how, how do you deal with this question of internet well I cannot I cannot underscore enough how critical it is for parents to be aware of what their kid is doing on the internet. Uh, otherwise, it's as if you, you know, drive your child to the worst part of town, crime-ridden, uh, drug-ridden part of town, and just like leave them off there to go in and out of people's homes. Absolutely. The internet is a very dangerous place. And dark. And it's not at all uncommon for kids to explain that they were drawn into, uh, you know, adopting a new identity because of something, someone that they had met on the internet. Many, many, I describe several kids in my book who were, uh, who, who became obsessed with, in, in, in relationships with people that they, uh, strangers that they met on the internet who had such a, uh, an impact on their thinking and on their behaviors. One of the appendices in the back of the book is written by an expert on, uh, on, on all sorts of, not only filters, but ways that parents can, can monitor the usage and can limit uh, you know, the websites, the contacts, uh, pretty much everything. It's just, it's mandatory. And I don't care, it, you know, you may have the best kid on the face of the earth. Um, it's, it, there's temptations there. One of their friends may send them a link. You open up that link and it could be the worst kind of pornography you can imagine. And then they've seen it and there's no erasing it. Mm -hmm. So you really want to be on top of your child's internet use. Another one is about how to deal with schools that may be, you know, basically fronting this uh, gender ideology in the first place. So tell me about that and maybe others yeah. that you want to also mention. Also a very important, I have two appendices that have been written by brilliant attorneys who are experts in this field of, uh, of parental rights. And so one, uh, one is on schools. And this is not only relevant to parents who have a child currently questioning their gender identity. This is relevant to every family because you see, g uh, radical sexual and gender ideology is being presented uh, to kids at the schools uh, in, in, you know, in, in various contexts. And what you wanna do is put the school on notice, even if the, your child is only entering kindergarten. You want the school to know that you do not want your child exposed to gender ideology. You don't, you, you, you want to know about any instance in which this is going to be taught in class beforehand. Uh, you don't want your child ad attending that class. You don't want your child uh, uh, joining any, any club at school where these things are discussed. You do not give your permission for your child to see, to meet with the guidance counselor without your knowledge, or with any other third party without your knowledge. And you certainly do not give permission to the school to uh, socially transition your child, meaning to uh, use a new name and pronouns 
And there are numerous instances that I talk about in my book, and there are lawsuits against schools, not only in blue states, but in red states as well, in which schools are keeping this from parents and placing a wedge between the child and the parents. So this, uh, so, so I have these uh, appendices that are dealing how you can proactively deal with the school uh, to avoid these kind of scenarios, put the school on alert, know your rights. Mm -hmm. uh, parents have a constitutional right to be in charge and direct their, their child's education and, and health care and mental health care. And uh, the Supreme Court has been very clear on this issue. So parents have to know their rights. Another important appendix that I have there by the same attorneys is, uh, uh, is on child protective services. Because we know that in, in some instances, unfortunately, child protective services are being called on families that will not go with the narrative, the gender identity narrative, and they refuse to uh, call, use the names and the pronouns and take their children to mm -hmm. a gender clinic. And this is now being called uh, emotional abuse and medical neglect. So, you know, I, I tell the story, mm -hmm. a, a, a terrible story actually, of something that happened, a child being removed for those reasons. So parents have to know their rights. Now, what else do I have? I have an appendix just with basic biology. Okay, I want parents, again, not PhD level. This is for regular moms and dads. I want you to know what to say. When, you're, when your high school student or eighth grader or what have you comes home and says at the dinner table, you know, trans is as normal as having red hair. Or intersex is as normal as, having, as being redheaded. Well, you know, that's not quite correct. <laughs> uh, and I want parents to understand how the language and how biology itself is actually being uh, co-opted and mm. twisted and used for this agenda. So I have that, the biology, um, schools, CPS. Um, I have a list of current uh, key articles on this topic so that if you have an appointment with your principal, guidance counselor, therapist, pediatrician, whoever, you can, you can come to their office if, if this is something that you need to be discussing with them and say, look, you may have not heard of the other side of the argument. There's actually a debate going on and I have done a lot of research and I would love for you, here, is, here are some articles that have been written by leaders in the field that are on the other side of the debate, the gender-affirming care debate. Please, would you take a look at these? And then we could talk some more about it. So I provide that. And then, you know, what I'm really excited about, Jan, is that while I was writing this book, I decided to make use of all my connections that I have with the parents. And I, I did a survey with the parents' help, an international survey, asking parents, these are parents that are now or did go through a, having a gender distressed child. Mm. I asked them, what do you wish that you had known or had done before all this happened in your family? Good before your child came to you with the announcement, what do you wish you had known? What information 
would you want to share with other families who might go through this in the future that might make their experience navigating this great difficulty somewhat easier? And, and I, got, I got responses from 500 parents from 17 different countries. Mm. And so I have an appendix to the book in which uh, I, I gathered some of the most, I think, valuable and touching input that I got from those parents. And it's sort of like a parent-to-parent advice. Because who knows better than the parents who have already gone through it, some of them for many years. No, and, and then that speaks to the, my other question of what people might do when they are faced with this, with this situation in their home. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's not easy. What you're trying to do is walk on a tightrope. The tightrope is, on the one hand, I'm, I'm with you and I'm connected to you and I love you and whatever you're going through, I'm, I'm a part of it. I'm going to go through it with you and support you and do as much research as I need in order to become an expert in this. That's the one side. On the other side is I'm, I'm not going to give you what you want right now, what you're asking me. I am not calling you by a different name or different pronouns, and I am not making an appointment at a gender clinic to uh, get puberty blockers. I am not doing that right now. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it right there because th- I, th- I think that question was, was a really good question. Yeah. In, in how to react, and as she's breaking this down, I, I think that there could be, and I don't, I, I think she she's given it to, from one extreme to another. Now, of course, one would be, you know, just, hey, you, I'm not doing it, you know, be quiet, go to your room. Uh, but I think you could do part of that first reaction. Look, I'll support you, you know, every which way we can. But she just said, I'm not going to call you by a, you know, a pronoun that, that doesn't fit you, who you are, and right. I'm not going to take you to a clinic to get uh, puberty blockers. Yeah. I don't think anybody would say that. Maybe they would, but most people that would just come right out and say that probably has already done some research. And her first example was to, you know, let's, uh, let me get all the research I can to, to, to become almost an expert in what, what you're going through. Right. I think that's appropriate, but meanwhile, I named you. <laughs> right. I'll call yeah. you. I'll call you by your name. Yeah. And you know. I, yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna bring up what she had said earlier about the. You know, as you're bringing up your your girl. Yeah. In instilling them that you know from the start you are a girl. You yes. are this. Right. So even if this question comes up, you can go back to right. Well, do you remember? So where. You know, what research are you doing? Where are you finding this that makes you believe? Yeah. You know, like you were saying on the previous episode, you know, where is it coming from kind of thing. So if you've laid that foundation, if, you know, um, then this part might be a little easier. So I guess she's talking specifically like maybe if they hadn't laid that foundation, let's do some more research, make sure we're. We, we know what we're talking about here. 
So yeah, there's, there's two sides of it. Some that haven't instilled that in their child. Probably most. Yeah. Um, And then on the other side, Mm -hmm. those that have and are dealing with the issue after that foundation had been laid. So those, yeah, those that have had kids, you know, recently, you know, yeah, you, you, you know, you've got a lot of information, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, to, to pull up. And I would just go to, you know, to her website. She's got a lot of information. This book she's written, and I think it's just simply living in a trans nation. Um, but she's got all kinds of information. Just, you know, research Dr. Uh, put, just pull up Dr. Miriam. Uh, um, Grissom. Grissom, gosh. Yeah. I mean, but her, yeah. her advice is very sound these days. I mean, get involved in your school. Even, I would even say daycare. Oh, I mean, because sure. they're starting this stuff so early. Mm-hmm. I mean... Okay, as a as a parent, I don't, you know, it might not have been going on when when your daughters were coming up, but no, it but wasn't. when I was growing <laughs> up, this stuff wasn't. You didn't even really learn any biology, any anything until like eighth, ninth, tenth grade, right? Okay, that's when you really started learning. You you got some very very basic stuff like, okay, sure. you're a boy, you're a girl, blah blah. But nothing really. Now they're going into like more specifics, more biology, and telling them that, oh, no, you can be this. I mean, at such a young age. So, what I'm getting at is as a parent, if you grew up in the era where it was kind of a non issue, you may not think to be that involved in the school at that young of an age. It's like, right. What are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Good grief. That, yeah, that, that is. And it's really. You know, mind blowing, in a sense that I really have to be involved in. Yeah. You know, my six year old. You know, the, the kids get out of school. They go to they go to daycare for a bit, or even four or five year olds that haven't even started school. Yeah, right. there. Some of those books that I was reading off, it would those looked the majority of them look like books you might find in a daycare. So, yeah, which is very concerning. I mean, because yeah. if you hadn't laid the foundation from the time that they could start talking, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much. I mean, you're almost right there already. I mean, right. you know, you blink and you're you're at daycare age, right? Right. And so, if you hadn't been thinking about telling your kids, the school's already indoctrinating your kid into this thought pattern before right. you even get a chance, technically, so to speak. Yeah. To instill that in your own child, it's like. Yeah, it's putting trust in, and, and there we go again, back with, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. how many people, uh, you know, in this world today have your best interest at heart? And it's, it's sickening. It's sickening. It really is. It, yeah. it, it sure is. And uh, it is, it really is <laughs> absurd to think that you, that you, you have to go through some of these things. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's sad. So. That sort of wraps this one up. Uh, but again, uh, thanks to uh, Yanya Kellick and American Thought Leaders uh, and uh, Dr. Grissom. Uh, so go to uh, her websites to pull up any more information that you might need on this topic. There's others out there, but you know how it is. You pull you pull up uh, one area, you know, it'll, it might take you to others, but... Uh, this is a serious. I mean, you talk about epidemics, a real epidemics. I mean, this, this, this. Well, epidemic it might, it might be isolated to the, the Western world, but uh, maybe not a pandemic, but definitely an epidemic in this country. Yeah, and we we need to pay attention to it uh, so that we can help once again the defenseless. It's it's the children 
that are suffering here. So, all right, Ben, well, let's, uh, as we wrap up, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you again that we can present this information to folks around the world. And we ask for your Holy Spirit to, in the speed of light, go to all of these people that are involved in this issue, children, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. It it affects even close friends. It affects everyone. So we pray that you will find those that are asking and seeking wisdom. May you give them the wisdom that they need. May you uh, comfort these people that are going through it. Maybe they're about to pull their hair out. They don't know which way to turn. Father, we ask that you give them a sense of peace, and may they seek you with all of their heart. May they hunger and thirst after these things. And Father, if there's anything that those listening can do or say to those that they know, we also ask that you give them the wisdom and the and and the right things and words to say, you know, based on certain situations. And may your spirit speak through them as they try to assist as well. And Father, there's many out there listening that may be hearing some of these things for the first time. So we pray that you guide and direct their desire to learn more about this so that they can help. Father, we thank you that we can come to you. We thank you for this platform. We do thank you for all of those out that are standing for for good and for truth, no matter how difficult it may be to 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 broadcast it, to say it, to spread it. We thank you so much for them, and we pray that you protect them and their families. And Father, until we meet again on this show, we ask, as always, may every intent of our thoughts be pure. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.